You are listening to the Sober Talk with Rob podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in, taking the time out of your day to listen. And what I aim to do is just to make sure that you all can get something out of this and make sure that you can better your life, whether it's through sobriety, through fitness, through whatever it may be, because we are all not alone in this world. We are all going through something. So what I hope to do is to make you aware that you are absolutely not alone. But what you can do for me right now is hit that share button, share it with a friend, put it on Instagram, put it on Snapchat, text it to somebody, just do whatever you got to do so we can get this out there so that the more ears I can reach, the more I can help people because that's all I care about. Thank you for tuning in and have a great listen. What up, everybody? Sober Talk with Rob, a brand new episode for you guys. And today we're going to be talking about running for a purpose. Don't run away from your fucking purpose. Now, why did I choose this topic? It's very near and dear to my heart because if you know me, if you follow me on Instagram, I tend to run a lot, sometimes more than I need to. And I would like to run myself into the ground. Not actually, but just something I figured I'd say to um, make you think this guy's an idiot, but that's okay. So, running for a purpose. Why is that important? Because when I was going through alcoholism and when I was going through depression, I needed to find a hobby. Now, we, there, there comes a point in our lives where we become, where we become very static and we become so aware that it almost seems like we're not maximizing our time to our most full potential. To the point where it feels like we're we're not living the purpose that we feel like we're supposed to be living. It almost, it almost seems as if we're not even accomplishing anything at all. So what is something that you could possibly get into? Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to show you that. And the question that I got is why did I get back into running? Well, the reason I got back into running was if you listen to if you listen to any of my earlier podcasts, um, I talk about how I did a lot of soul searching, and I ended up finding myself through people like David Goggins, um, who else? Um, Courtney DeWalter, Nick Bear, some of those big running names, and then um, just listening to people like Marcus Luttrell, man. Uh, Jocko Willink, you know, these guys who consistently maximize their full potential so that they're not focused on the shit that's going to happen to them in the future. They're focused on the now. And I think that if we can stray away from focusing on the shit that's out of our control and the things that we feel might happen to us, if we focus on the now, if we backwards plan so that we can meet our goals and meet our expectations, then we are ultimately setting ourselves up for success physically and mentally. So let's get into it. Why did I get back into running? Well, growing up, I've always been a very athletic kid. I've always been really good at running. I've always been really good um, at, at just, I've, I've been naturally gifted at fucking sports and, and martial arts. I've been naturally gifted at a lot of fucking things and I thank God for that because I, I seen I have seen some of the people I've grown up with throughout my time and and years and and all this stuff and I'm, I think like how are you so stiff how are you so not out there 
And me, I can't sit in four walls without at least like an hour or 30 minutes of, of vitamin, you know, without vitamin D because I start to lose my mind. And it, it took a long time for me to realize that a desk job is not for me. A job where I'm sitting inside and, and, and losing my mind behind four walls stuck in a door is, is will nowhere ever be in the future for me. So it's all just finding out like literally what works for you, man. And if you're sitting inside a place that makes you sick and you feel like you're kind of trapped, that's probably not for you. And I'm just saying that because, you know, in the Marine Corps, in the military, I started off as a tank crewman and I had a lot of fun because it's blue collar work. And if you don't know what blue collar work, think of it as all the hardest shit that people don't want to do. It requires labor. It requires backbreaking fucking work, turning fucking wrenches, um, busting your hands up, busting your ass out in the hot sun and all that shit. Okay. That was the life I lived. And as much as I complained and I wished for a, a, a day where I could sit in a, a meeting and air condition and, and sit behind a fucking cubicle, I'll realize I was like, man, this, this, this isn't it. So that's why I chose to, to work in those kind of circumstances because I need to be active. I need to be moving around. Because if I'm not, I get in my own head and it sucks. So back to the running aspect. Um, in, in high school, I played, I played baseball and football and then come around junior year, senior year, I, I, you know, busted my ankle playing ball, sucked at playing ball. It was never going to ever make it anywhere. Obviously knew that. So then I picked up cross country and, uh, and track and field. Um, and I became natural at that. Obviously I started off just absolutely sucking, but because I was naturally gifted at running and I was fast cause I'm a short dude, um, I said, I'm going to put my time into running and I'm going to do this. I'm going to fucking go all in. So I did. And I became so passionate about running that I became good. I think my fastest, like, and, and this was for me, like back then, um, obviously anybody who's listening that ran like cross country is going to be like, Oh, shut the fuck up. It's not even that fast. Well, it was fast for me. Okay. My fastest mile, I want to say was like a 1750 something. That was my I mean, fastest mile, fastest three miles, so fastest 5K, because obviously, you know, you know, as a cross-country runner, um, it's like you run a 5K, basically. And that was my fastest 5K was a 1750-something. Um, and this was done at Pierce Community College uh, Cross-Country Trail, um, where I ran it at when I was a part of the, the Taft High School cross-country team in uh, Woodland Hills, California. Um, so I, I fell in love with cross-country, ended up falling in love with the people as well because we all had one purpose and that was just to run. Um, what was hard to get into and to understand was you have to crawl before you can walk. In running, if you think you're just going to get out there and you're going to be Steve Prefontaine or you're going to be a fucking marathon runner, like right off the bat, slow the fuck down. Okay. And you don't understand that 
you're not going to automatically get out there and run five miles or run a mile at like a five minute pace. That's just not how it's going to go. You need to understand the basics of what it is to be a solid runner, how to utilize your breathing pattern, how to understand your heart rate, how to understand your cadence so that you can build a solid, solid aerobic base. And most importantly, be able to run for a long time without gassing yourself out within like the first mile, because that was my issue. And it's still an issue I kind of struggle with today. But I slowly mastered because I was going out the gate way too fast. And I would just, my, my oxygen and my VO2 max, which is something I'll get into later, was slowly declining. And I was like, man, I should be able to like fucking run fast. Why, why am I slowing down so much? So something I had to do when I got back into running was understand that if I want to get somewhere, I have to start off slowly. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to just run a mile. Okay. I'm going to run a mile and I'm going to, um, go at a pace that I feel comfortable. I'm going to go at a pace so that I can have a conversation with myself. And, and that was something I did. I would run had this conversation with myself, just talk about something fucking random. And I was running this mile and I think like a 10 minute something pace. Now that was very abnormal to me when I was finally getting myself back into the rhythm of picking myself up and getting back into fitness and, and everything else. Because I know that if I wanted to get my life on, on track, I have to do the things that I don't want to do. And running is one of them. I fucking hate running. I don't like doing it. I will stare at my shoes for like 30 fucking minutes before I go on a run because I just don't want to do it. But at some point, I, I know that if I if I want to get anywhere, and this goes for whoever's listening to this, if you want to get anywhere, you just have to do the fucking things that you don't want to do. So put them up, lace up, and get the fuck out there because no one else is going to do it. And once I was out there and I finished the mile, I would feel really good. And then I would progress during the week. It's like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to try to run two miles. And I'm going to try to have a conversation with myself. And I would do so. The third day, try to run two and a half miles. And then another day, three miles, and so on and so forth. So you had to build that base and understand how fast you should be going and how slow you should be going so that your easy runs are ran easy and the runs that you feel like you could do somewhat fast, you are running them at the pace that you want to. So when you start off running, you don't have to run out the gates fucking fast. You don't have to do that. Now I get it. You want to lose weight. You want to become a better person. So you're going to get out and you're going to go. Just get out and run slow. Move your feet. Don't even listen to music. When I first started running, I couldn't not I, I couldn't listen to music because I had a hard time listening to my breathing and I had a hard time listening to my feet hit the deck. And when I stopped listening to music when I first started running, I started it to, to fall into like this hypnotism 
if, if I'm saying that right, or hypnotism, whatever the fuck it is, um, where I would listen to my feet and my breath, and I would just go. I'm like gliding at that point. And I would start having fun. And now I'm in my mind and I'm thinking about, does my body like it when my arms are swinging, you know, ridiculously? Or do they like, like subtle movement? How do my knees feel? How do my ankles feel? Should I have done more mobility? Who knows? And now what you're doing is you're listening to your body, you're listening to your mind, and you're maximizing all the things that you're learning right now so that you can apply it to the very next day. And you do that by logging in miles for the week. Now, you don't have to go out there and put 10 miles in one week. You have to crawl before you can walk and you have to walk before you can run. Which is why I'm at a point in my life where I'm putting 20 to 25 miles in a week. I was starting off putting 15 miles a week because I feel like I had something to prove. And ultimately that proof was trying to prove myself that I can get the fuck up and I can do these fucking things that I don't want to do, such as running, and I can slay my fucking self because I was so ready down in the dumps, doubting myself and my full potential that nobody else is going to come save me. Nobody else is going to give me the ultimate plan to fucking get my body back in shape. Nobody's going to fucking do that. So I had to get in my fucking head and say, we're going to do this or we're going to fucking die. Because that was the road I was going to. And it is what helped me stay on a path of pure sobriety as I've been clean for over eight months now. And it's honestly the the happiest and healthiest I've ever been because I've unlocked a lot of things about myself and my brain. So what has running done for me? So I want to go into the the thought process, right? The thought process that occurs to me while on a run is I think about the day that I'm going to have when I get back. I'm going to get back and I'm going to get ready. I'm going to eat my breakfast. So I, I do my runs at 4 a.m., right? So my morning routine looks like I wake up at about 0, 3.45. So that's 3.45 a.m. I get up out of bed. I roll out. Um, and I down a, a cup of water because naturally, if you don't know, your body is dehydrated in the morning, which is why you have that thing that people call morning skinny. Your body's naturally dehydrated. So you need to feel, you, you need to drink water in the morning. Like first thing you should do is just pound a cup of water, whether it's cup, a quart, a bottle, whether, whatever the fuck it is, just pound it. So then you can wake up your organs. You can wake up your central nervous system. And you can lubricate your joints and everything else, and you can feel like a champ after. So after I, I, I down my water, um, I get the coffee going. And then once I get that coffee going, the reason I do this, I, I never used to do it before, but I do it now, is because the last thing I want to deal with is having to take a fucking shit while on a run. Because I was having that problem so many times before, where I would be in like, mile three and i'm like i have to take the fattest shit that if i don't make it back right now if i don't turn around i'm gonna shit my pants so don't be that that guy that's just like ah eh, i don't i don't i'm gonna i'll be good if you're somebody like me who has to take like shits in the morning like please 
do yourself a favor, get some bowel movement going on in your stomach, and fucking shit out before you go on a run, and you will thank me for that. So I get the coffee going to make sure I get some bowel movement going, and while I'm doing this, I'm listening to like a podcast, uh, whatever audio book I'm, lis- I'm, I'm listening to, and I'm doing like some kind of mobility at the same time. So I'm, I'm opening up my hips, I'm rolling out my, uh, my thighs, I'm rolling out the bottoms of my feet, and I'm just getting the body ready to go on this run. Because I'm not just rolling out of bed and going straight into a fucking run, because if I do that, I'm going to be like, fuck, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself because I already don't want to do it. Nobody wants to wake up at fucking 0345 every day and just run. Especially now, at the end of November, early December, when, when it's fucking cold outside. Nobody wants to fucking do that. I don't even want to do it. But somebody's got to do it. And I want to be the guy. Um, and what you don't realize is what happens when you overcome the mental battles. When you get into the, the the art and sport of running. Now, when I talk about mental battles, is going when you don't want to go anymore. Now, if you're somebody who's on a treadmill, the hardest thing to do is continue going when you don't want to do it. And you look down at, at the at the treadmill and it says 0.25 miles and you're like, what the fuck? I thought I was like three quarters into the mile because the run just felt like a drag on. That shit sucks. But if you choose not to get in your own head and you push past that, that, that part in the run where it just feels like it's going to drag on and you just look ahead and you say, I'm going to fucking finish. What you're doing is you're accomplishing those battles that go on inside your head and you're pushing past that wall. Because that wall is the one telling you to just get off. This is not for you. If you're like me and you're running on a trail or if you're running on a street, what you don't realize is You're making your body just fucking go. You're making your body do just a fucking task that just absolutely fucking sucks. Because, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Any, anybody who's running can feel every single incline, can feel every single decline, could feel every single bump, every single ounce of cold, pain, and just exertion because that's just what running does to you and if you want to test your mental and intestinal fortitude on how far you can fucking go i challenge you to go on a fucking run tomorrow morning or even right now if you're listening to this and you're like i should go run but you're kind of questioning yourself this is your sign go fucking do it and go to battle with your own mind and watch how far you'll go when you push yourself. And ultimately what you are going to learn is how far you can truly go when you're doing things for yourself 
and not for anyone else. This is what running has taught me. And most importantly, it already fucking sucks. I'm going to be honest with you. Every run I do, it fucking sucks. When I have not achieved that runner's high yet, which took me like fucking five ever to achieve. I, it, it was just shitty. And I was just doing it to a point where I was doing it because I had to, not because I wanted to. But now I'm on the point where I want to get up and I want to fucking run because I know that if I don't run, I'm going to feel like absolute dog shit because my body is just like, dude, we didn't fucking run today. What the fuck? Treat every run as a fun run. Have fun. Make a playlist that fits your your cadence. So when your feet are touching the deck, the butt, the beat is matching your steps. And what that'll do for you is give you a sense of how fast or how slow your pace is. So that when you're on a run, you sing along to your, some of your favorite songs. You can enjoy yourself as a human being and become resilient within your spirit. And that is some of the greatest things I think not even money can buy. And the things that I learned since getting back into running and using all the things I learned from, from track and field and cross country. Now, some important facts that I believe everyone should know who doesn't really know where to start, how fast to go and everything like that, because believe me, I wish I knew this first, is you need to develop an aerobic base. An aerobic base is basically how fast you can run while having a full-fledged conversation with yourself, aka how slow you're running a job, right? And the reason the, the reason this is important is because your breathing and your heart rate are the two biggest factors in improving your cadence and improving your pace. There's a difference between productivity maintaining and unproductivity productive runs are the ones that will benefit your vo2 max or your pace maintainings are are the ones that obviously help you maintain while you're in training or anything like that and unproductive are, are the ones you kind of do that become like last minute where you feel like you have to um kind of shove them in your day because you're, you're kind of busy and you feel like you started off kind of fast and you you were kind of like on a on a roller coaster during the run you know right you were going fast or going slow you're going fast and your your mind and body were just not physically there so one thing you can utilize to figure this out figure this out excuse me is the MAF 180 to run easy without literally exerting yourself now, the MAF 180 formula was developed by Dr. Phil Maffetone, and it has been a technique um, a lot of people have uh, used in their training. And someone like me, 
I've seen amazing results in building endurance and um, my aerobic base because it helps you find your maximum aerobic heart rate with a simple calculation. So what you have to do is you find your maximum aerobic heart rate, which is not the same as your max heart rate. It's just the number produced from this equation is the highest your heart rate should go during an easy run. So in order to do this, to find your maximum aerobic heart rate, you subtract your age from 180, 180. So 180 minus your age equals your maximum aerobic heart rate, heart rate, excuse me. So for someone like myself, I'm in my late 20s, I would take 180 minus my age is what I'll get. So I'll get something around like 154, um, yeah, like about 154, 156, something like that. Now, during training, utilizing that number, you create a range of 10 beats below the maximum aerobic heart rate and run within that range. So if my, um, my maximum aerobic heart rate is 156, and I'm doing a, an easy run of three miles or four miles, I need to make sure that my heart rate is at 146 so that I'm not physically exerting myself and I'm not like hurting myself, right? And it, it's, it's, it's something not to overthink at all. The way you can actually calculate this is by utilizing uh, a Garmin, uh, a smartwatch, uh, an Apple Watch, if you have a heart monitor, um, any kind of smartwatch that you can use, or um, if you're running on the treadmill, hold on to those little things that they have, the little silver things that they have on literally every fucking treadmill, and just see where your heart rate's at in the middle of a run. And then you can dial down your MAF 180 to see how far or how, how fast or how slow you should be going. Because I mean, it's a big difference and it pays off when you're trying to find out how long you can go, but you're sitting there trying to max out all the time. Because the biggest lesson every person who's getting into running or fitness or anything like that is we go too hard and we don't understand that it's like, if we just slow down, increase volume in numbers through miles, but not in our physical numbers. So that is like what I'm talking about is like your pace. Your pace doesn't need to be high. Your miles need to be high. You need to be running like four or five miles at easy paces because those will build your endurance. They will build your, your, your mental health. Because if, if you're running long distance, you, you need to have, you need to be sound up there, man. Because once you get past like three miles, it becomes very, you, bec you feel like you become very stagnant. And the run feels like as if you're, you're, it's just fucking dragging on. So it's like, you need to be sound up there. Um, so one way to understand this is understanding what is going to be your easy runs? What's going to be a tempo run? And what's going to be an interval? 
An easy run is obviously something you're going out and doing in the morning or in the afternoon or during your lunch break and just something that you're doing to, to break a sweat um, and just have fun. Get get your uh, 30 minutes of uh, or 30 minutes or 60 minutes of physical activity in. Um, your tempo runs are the ones that you have to do at a certain pace. Now, these are the ones that you do to build on top of your pace. So if you want to increase your pace, so for example, my aerobic base right now is about a seven minute, 45 second pace. That is how fast I can run any, any amount of miles, having a full conversation with myself, um, uh, no, no matter if I'm running hills or if I'm running a trail, whatever it is, that is my aerobic pace. And when I'm running at that pace, my heart rate's usually around 147, 148. So I'm cruising, I'm chilling. On a tempo run, I'm pushing it about, I want to say 715, 710, seven minutes to, to ensure that I'm maximizing my full effort and I'm pushing as hard as I can. So come that those last couple of miles, I can push up to like six minute something pace or whatever it may be. Now, interval runs are the ones that you do on a track, right? So intervals can be, um, you're going to do... Um, a 1600, which is literally a mile on a track at a um, seven minute, 10 second pace. You're gonna do um, a 1200 at a uh, six minute something pace, an 800 and a six minute something pace, and so on and so forth. So you're, you're, you're utilizing all these things to better maximize your running, to become a better runner, to build your legs, to build your um, your stamina to build your endurance and and build you as an individual and you'll realize how far you come when you take it easy you understand the purpose of an easy run and what it'll do for you versus trying to go the distance and trying to do these tempo runs and interval runs that you feel like you have to worry about all the time when it's the easy runs you have to worry about the easy runs are the ones that make or break a good runner and anybody who runs long distances anybody who's myself who's like myself and is into the hybrid lifestyle you'll understand that like fucking easy runs those are the money makers because when you're putting in fucking 25 miles a week and let's say you got a 10 miler on fucking one uh, on monday guess what rather you do that fucking 10 miler at fucking like eight minutes or eight minutes, 30 seconds, or you start off at like a nine minute pace, then fucking straight taking off out the gate like a, like a, like a racehorse. You don't want to do that. So those are, those are one of the most, that's actually, excuse me, um, the most important equation I use and methods I use to, to run easy without literally killing myself. Because I think we all have that problem. and It was something I wish I was taught when I was starting off. Now, some important facts is to understand that your breathing is going to be another big contributor, right? I had the hardest time understanding how I can, I, I can control my breathing and how I should be breathing during a run. If your breathing is sporadic, 
it's probably because you have not figured out your cadence. Now, I was a believer that you breathe in your nose, out your mouth, and that's it. I didn't know that you should be you should be inhaling every like three or four steps and then exhaling about two steps. So if you can kind of grasp what I'm saying is you're taking four steps. So one, two, three, four. That time you're inhaling, and I'm usually inhaling through my nose. I don't run and I'm not doing this shit where I'm fucking breathing in my nose and out my mouth. I don't. It doesn't work for me. It's only certain days where it may work for me, but other days I'm usually in my nose, right? So you do one, two, three, four, and that time you're inhaling slowly. And then on those two steps, you're exhaling. You're getting rid of you're getting rid of that air. And what it's, that is helping you do is control your heart rate so that you're keeping it very subtle. Breathe on your steps. Understand that if you have a sporadic breath on your run, your breathing is going to be all over the place. And so is your run time. So when you're next time you go out for a run, you're on the treadmill, listen to your breathing. How are you starting off? If you need to breathe out your mouth, breathe out your mouth. But don't do it in a very exaggerating manner to the point where your mouth is open like Floyd Mayweather in the 10th round. You don't want to be that person. So understand what that means to you and what it could do for you. Because what, what it does for me right now is I could be on mile five and I feel like a fucking champ because I got my breathing down. And I'm like, I could kill another 10 miles right now if I wanted to. Because your breathing is what helps you go for the distance. So with that, moving on to the VO2 max portion. Now, what is the VO2 max? VO2 max is your maximum oxygen consumption, all right? It is the max rate of oxygen used during incremental exercise. The V stands for volume, the O2 stands for oxygen. Your VO2 max can be um, can be increased through endurance training and conditioning, and it usually takes about one week to affect your VO2 max. So what this means is your, your oxygen intake per, um, let's say, 30 minutes of activity, one hour of activity, or however long the distance you, you, you are going. Um, what this does for anyone is how how long you can do something with without feeling like you're going to gas out and you're going to pass out because i mean that's what happens when you were someone like myself who didn't work out for literally six months and just kind of sat on their ass and ain't fucking disgusting shit and decided to start off and it was just like dude i can barely run a half mile and i feel like i'm gonna fucking pass out that's where your vo2 max is and if you want to understand more of it, you can, I would recommend doing your own research about the VO2 mass because if I sit here trying to explain it more of it and go into depth um, for you, it's, it's like going to be like death by PowerPoint. So I'd rather not do that. But if you're, if you, if let's say you started off a week consist, consistently running, right? Whether it was a mile, it was two miles, three miles, whatever the fuck it is, right? You're running like a mile every day and you feel like a champ. And then come next week, you feel like dog shit because your body's just like, dude, this sucks. 
or let's say you're trying to balance lifting, running, and working fucking 14, 15 hour shifts. And then by the time you get home, you're just like, dude, I can't move. Understand that your VO2 max will not be affected by one, two, three, four days of non-activity. Your VO2 max will only be, be affected scientifically. This is scientific evidence. Just look it up on the internet. I'm not going to sit, sit here and fucking peer review and fucking name out fucking goddamn scientists and shit. Um, scientific evidence that it takes one week to physically affect your VO2 max. So if you're someone who has been running for like a month and you're just like, I think this should be a week that I take off. Take about two, three, or even four days off. Use that time to get in the gym, work on your mobility, work out some accessory, but don't, don't let up. That doesn't give you the excuse to take your foot off the gas pedal and say, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna lay on the couch. Use this time to catch up on your sleep. Use this time to physically recover because recovery is the biggest contributor to all the fucking gains, it's all the gains, whether you're a power lifter, a bodybuilder, a runner, a hybrid athlete like myself, or whatever it may be, sleep is the most important besides your diet. And talking about the diet, you need to understand about what is so important about post-run consumption, right? Pre-run consumption, post-run consumption, that is the most important thing in the world. Now, let's clear something off the fucking table, man, because it's something I, I used to do as a kid because we all just had those weird, uh, like, I don't know, um, I forgot what the word is, but we all have those weird things where we're just like, I'm going to eat pasta and fucking pasta noodles like an hour before this, this 5K I'm going to do. That's not going to work. Your body needs carbohydrates a day prior to whatever big physical event you are going to do because it is going to use that those carbohydrates and it's going to store them in your muscles as glycogen which is going to be used as energy for the very next day it is just like hydrating if you are hydrating by solely drinking fucking water and you're not drinking any other fluids besides water you are flushing out the nutrients in your body such as sodium electrolytes and everything else you need to be drinking fluids besides water. It's not just, oh, I drink a gallon of water a day. I'm fucking cool. No, you're, you're not cool. You're, you're dehydrated. You are walking around chronically dehydrated. You need to have some kind of electrolytes in your drink. Now, there's nothing wrong with drinking water. Drink a cup of water in the morning. Drink a cup of water with your lunch because I think it is so much more healthier to drink uh, just straight water with your lunch to maximize uh, your lunch's uh, ability to give you energy throughout the day and make sure you are intaking the correct amount of protein. Now let's talk about post-run consumption. When you get back from a run, you have expelled a lot of salt. You are sweating. You're like, why does my sweat taste so salty? Is because you are losing all your sodium you're losing all your electrolytes and your body is just, you, you have exerted your body to the point where 
It's losing all this stuff because it needs to cool you down. That is your body's natural, natural reaction to cooling you down. That's the purpose of sweat. But obviously, with sweat comes water. With water comes salt. With salt comes sugar. And now you're lacking electrolytes in your body. One thing I do, which is going to sound fucking crazy, but it actually works, is I would drink a fucking bottle of Coke after an hour of just uh, after like an hour run or if, if I do like a run and a hard ass workout after I'm smashing a bottle of Coke because I want that sugar to be rushed to my muscles to make sure that I'm intaking everything that I've lost because the last thing I want is to be feeling like absolute shit because I'm not giving my body what it needs after we just gave everything up. So understand electrolyte intake carbohydrate intake and everything else that goes along the lines with it now before i kind of come to a close um one thing i kept throwing out there was living a hybrid athlete lifestyle if you don't know what that is it is somebody who can run long distances and lift heavy ass fucking weight and i can lift fucking heavy ass weight you may think so but i think so and if you don't, well, um, have a cookie. But having a, and maintaining a hybrid lifestyle is something that requires balance. If you are going to run in the morning and lift in the afternoon, just like I do, you need to understand the difference in intensity uh, and volume of your workouts. So prime example of that can be if I'm doing a 15, 10 or 15 mile run, I need to make sure that my lift in the afternoon does not is not is not a lot of volume because the intensity was in the morning by putting on those miles and the intensity should not be there in the afternoon because the last thing I want is to be struggling on the run tomorrow because my body is like no we need this time to recover you should be recovering so you need to understand the difference between intensity and volume. If your intensity was high in the morning, it should be lower in the afternoon. If your intensity was very low in the morning, it should be higher in the afternoon. You need to find that balance so that it, it outweighs the things that you don't want to do, which is literally working out twice a day. And if anybody else who is listening to this podcast and feels I may have said something that doesn't really sound right, by all means, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram at BassinBen1812, B as in boy, A-S-S-I-N, B as in boy again, E-N-N-1812. I appreciate everyone taking the time out of the day to listen to the podcast and talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. I'm looking forward to some more episodes. And I'm super excited to uh, get back on this thing and really get the ball rolling again. So thank you, everybody. Have a good time.